Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Hobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guest today is Xavier Olivella, the CEO of Artsgain, an investment fund which specialises in art. Art is an asset class which is attracting particular interest as a candidate for both process improvements and especially for wider distribution through tokenization. Xavier, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Artsgain is an arts investment fund uh, in which investors become uh, co-owners of, of works of art, mm-hmm. pro rata, presumably, to their, to their investment. Now, where did that idea come from? Is it a very old idea or is it a new one which you thought up very recently? Well, uh, the idea came uh, four years ago and because art and uh, the art market is our passion. So the art market is uh, due to the complexities and inefficiencies of the art market. Price discovery needs to be in the hands of experts using big data analysis and knowledge. And historically, art funds were not able to utilize indexes to use data and compare them to traditional financial markets. Then we started around uh, four years ago, uh, first developing our own algorithm based on uh, public data, And now we are able to track and compare the top 100 artists based on performance, volumes, demand, structure, and future expected supply. At the same time, during that period of time, we were able to to follow the authorization in Spain to become an asset management firm. And, uh, And now we are focusing on the top 100 artists of the world. Those top 100 artists are accounted for 80% 80% of the overall returns of the overall art market. And at the same time, their artworks are more liquid. So higher volumes, more diversification, a global market. And overall, the overall market is estimated about $1.7 trillion. Uh, just a very small portion of it are related to art funds. And we are trying to address this sub-cell segment of to deploy funds for the top uh, uh, artist. Mm-hmm. Now, you just mentioned that you you're set yourselves up and are regulated as an investment manager. Can I ask you a technical question about mm-hmm. the structure of the fund itself? In Europe, there are basically two choices. You can be an alternative fund, like a hedge fund, or you can be an ordinary mutual fund, a so-called USITS fund. Which are you? Are you an AIF or are you a, a USITS? We are an uh, AIF fund, and we are managing the all our funds that we are creating as a closed end fund, just to not only to, to accomplish the regulatory requirements, but also to ensure that the uh, investors are safe and following the whole regulation. Right. Okay, so you're a, you're a closed ended equity, AFE. Yeah. Now, the, the, the artworks are, are, if I've understood your model correctly, kept in custody for five years or, or whatever the term of the mm-hmm. investment is, and then they're sold. Who do you use as the custodians for that purpose? Mm -hmm. Well, our our main objective of an art fund is to provide our investors with value through capital appreciation. So we are trying to minimize as much as possible the transportation and the custodian costs. So if we are, for example, buying the artwork that is already in a storage at acceptable cost, 
we don't move it. So if we buy it in London, we keep it in London. And if we buy it in New York, we keep it in New York. So this is also related to an ESG component. So avoid transportation at least when it's absolutely necessary. For example, when we are um, requiring an exhibition or something like that. No? And in the case that we need to move the AdWords, we are using low emission tracks and using established already established roads to minimize the impact on the air. No? Another also important aspect of our funds is that we are uh, indifferent about the art movement itself. So historically, most of our funds were focusing on a mix of art styles like impressionism, cubism, modern, uh, contemporary art, etc., to diversify. In our case, we are considering what are the key drivers of the art economy, luxury and design by 2030. And then we analyze and they create investment themes related to those drivers that potentially can help us to predict in some way that will, will happen in the future and the implication on the end market. So for example, just an easy example is the diversity. No? Woman and LGTB theme is a good and proven theme to invest. And then depending on every theme that we invest, the holding period could be longer or shorter. And then we develop activities for each theme that they are different and, uh, and um, related to, to the specifics of the theme. So may require some years uh, of custodian of the art connection or some others not because they are starting an exhibition pretty soon. So in any case, coming back to your question, we are using a specialized custodians in every location where our artworks are located. So we are uh, working only with approved custodians as we are an authorized asset firm. Uh, we are using um, only certified partners that uh, help us on the logistics. Now, could I ask you about financial crime compliance. You're obviously dealing with people who are selling valuable works of art. You're dealing with investors who want to invest in, in valuable works of art, which you clearly don't want to find yourselves dealing with money launderers. So is, is the regulation on anti-money laundering, know your client, countering the financing of terrorism, sanction screening, all that, is that an issue you have to deal with? In other words, checking that the, the, both the investors and the, and the sellers are who they say they are. Is it a major problem for your business? Well, this is a clear, a, a, absolutely, this is an a, a issue that we need to consider and we are uh, spending a lot of effort to, to solve that issue. So, in fact, there are two side procedures. One is for checking our investors that require to pass the QYC, ML, and SCFD. And the other part is for sellers and buyers. So, we are also uh, checking to whom we are selling or to whom we are coming, uh, we are uh, buying from, and to ensure that there is no fraudulent uh, issue in any of the whole investment process. So getting the right investors and involving the right partners and customers are our highest priority, no? in fact. Is, is fraud, I mean, we often read about fraud being an issue in, in, the, in the art market. Is it, a, is it a risk for your business? And, and maybe in particular is, the provenance of a work of art um, a particular factor for you? And would, I mean, the solution is sometimes put forward for 
to having sort of digital provenance of, of works of art. So they have these unique markers put on them so it proves that this really is a Tintoretto or, or whatever it is. So is fraud um, a risk for you and is provenance a solution that you've considered? Yeah, well, fraud is always a high risk to consider and to avoid. So we are using only verified provenance of the artworks, either but that they are digital verified, like, for example, Artorio or Clear are using um, by uh, the usage of the blockchain or other sophisticated technology tools, or in the case that is not a certific digital certification, then we are using a certified appraisals from the National Appraisals Association, either if it's in France or England or, or in the US. No? In addition to this, uh, when for every uh, single acquisition of uh, every ad work and is included in our uh, operational manual for the validation process, we are also including the validation from Interpol and art loss databases that probably they are the most uh, too accurate databases about art uh, frauds. No? In an, an additional risk it's to consider is the money transfer, either when you buy or when you sell. So and to avoid any issue, we are also using certified scroll accounts. Right. Can I ask you a bit about the the investors that you're that you're seeking? I know you have this hundred thousand euro uh, minimum investment figure mm -hmm. that kind of cuts out most of the men and women in the street. Are you are you going after ultra high net worth investors or high net worth investors? Or are you looking for institutional? clients as well. I mean, I made an assumption here, you're not looking for retail investors, as it were, but people have to be relatively wealthy. What type of investors are you looking for? Yeah, well, basically, our current regulation approval only allow us to sell directly to accredited and institutional investors, meaning that, as you said, no high net worth individuals, also families, offices, and accredited organizations like banks, banks, insuring companies, pension funds, fund of the funds. Indirectly, we can arrange uh, arrangement that can be implemented by those retail bank accounts or, or uh, other accredited companies that they can create their own funds of the funds on grouping several investors to go to the retail. Uh, today, we don't have uh, this uh, approval for going directly to the retail, but I think uh, having this uh, set up uh, through an indirect channel, uh, I think this will be exploding soon because uh, alternative assets are, um, are booming and today uh, are representing only 15% of the global invested asset and managed. And the expectation is to grow two digits in the next coming years. No? In fact, one of the issues that we can face in the financial market is that traditional financial education is often missing art. Even that uh, there are classes and certification about uh, alternative um, investments, art are not part of the curriculum. And then we are still, let's say, in a niche market because the lack of the education of the financial sector and, and probably this will change and it will change dramatically the, 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 uh, the explosion or the booming to, to go to the retail um, in the next coming future, right? Well, I'll come back to that point you've made about broadening the range of investors you reach when we talk about, about tokenization. But before we do that, could you tell me a bit about the forms of the artworks you're 
investing in? Are we talking here of paintings, sculptures? What, what's what's the what's your portfolio? Well, basically, um, as I said before, we our key strategy is to develop themes and select artworks related to these themes um, based on the predictions of the art, luxury, and design markets on the next coming future. No? So then, basic, basically, having said that, uh, typically we are using physical objects. 80% 80, 80 of them are paintings and 20% are sculptures. Even that it's curious that pandemia also promoted the increase of the sculptures, that they are moving from 16% previously to the pandemia um, area and to 20% that is just in a couple of years because the promotion of the art outside was uh, one of the key trends. No? In addition, we are moving as well on the moving in, into the NFTs and, uh, and we believe in creating NFTs either from digital narrative artists or creating short series on NFTs generated for the acquired physical objects. So in any case, any NFTs can provide additional value for investors in addition to traditional art so, and same happens by creating a specific themes. So if, for example, we create a specific theme, theme of um, a woman or diversity, maybe we can develop an exhibition and create some uh, NFTs, uh, short series of NFTs attached to it, and also bugs or uh, other design elements that could be associated um, to, the, to a specific trademark if the artist allow considering their rights or even um, to, to link with the artist. Right. So it, it's more or less, but overall, um, 80, 20, it's uh, physical objects, no? Right. Okay, well, since you brought up NFTs, um, I, mean, I was going to ask you about them anyway. I wonder whether you or your investors, um, and maybe this is what you've just said, you, you, you thought about issuing the art you actually have in custody in the form of an NFT. You've talked explicitly about NFTs as a possible investment class if they look like creating value for your investors, but you've got all this art sitting in custody. Does issuing, and your investors own it, does issuing some of that art in the form of an NFT make sense for you? I think it makes sense. The, the other problem is that um, the, let's say the regulation, the regulator is not following us on the art an NFT art itself. So maybe we can consider NFTs as a series of collections or, um, or art uh, specifics related to the art, physical arts that we are buying from. So this is, um, let's say, uh, as, as you know, that the regulators um, are um, always um, behind the, the business and the, and the world is faster. And then we are not um, accredited yet to, to create an NFT art fund, no? Right, okay. And the investors haven't shown interest in that as an exit strategy for, from their, the investments they have in your fund. In other words, turning the fund, selling the, the contents of the fund in the form of NFTs hasn't been something you've discussed with the investors. Yeah, John, this is something that we are considering. And, and we are exploring, and, um, and let's say that um, we, we are able to, to create um, uh, some um, NFTs to, 
to develop the, the art industry. And also sooner or later, we will be able to, to provide liquidity, no? because uh, also this helps us to, to, to solve this issue that is the most uh, requested issue from investors. No? And, uh, and today, uh, the, the, this request is coming that from the uh, total global assets that they are liquid, that they are 85% of the total. So that is normal that the investment managers are considering this. And um, let's say secondary, today blockchain and tokenization uh, processes provides a way to, to provide uh, access to a secondary market. And as a consequence, we can provide liquidity that but um, let's say re regulators are really reeling today, learning today, and they need to adapt the, the regulation and their laws to those changes. But uh, people like me that they are coming from the technology market, we I'm facing really a breakthrough on how financial market are, is going to manage and to potentially to expand everywhere in the planet. No? So uh, even so we have a clear example on, on the adoption of crypto market that the today regulators were not able to stop the adoption of the crypto market. And I think it will, the same will happen with the tokenization. No? Regulators are improving their roles and, uh, and their way to manage, but they are very slowly compared with the business that is really moving fast. No? So we are exploring the possibilities of the tokenization by midterm. And, and, and probably initially will, this will happen in a closed world between among the different investors of the fund and later will be open to everyone. No? But it's clear that if the internet age that was web two area, uh, the has not been able to close the doors of the open fields of internet, I think the same will happen to Web3 area, where now we are entering a different post-pandemic age where tokenization, metaverse, cryptos, digital arts, and collectibles will confluence under the same universe. No? Yeah. Uh, I wonder, have you thought about, uh, you mentioned that the lack of secondary market liquidity and maybe, maybe tokens can help provide that mm -hmm. uh, have you thought explicitly about actually tokenizing the fund itself in an effort to attract a wider class of investors create more liquidity and if you like democratize the phrase we use uh investment in in art as as an asset class and start getting a secondary market going in tokens in your fund is that something you're actually discussing as well well we, we in fact we are discussing as well yeah um, let's say that um, also in the NFTs, this uh, independently of tokenized or not, the NFTs are are complex, so it's not easy. So despite that, you can buy it uh, easily and, uh, and, and and buy because you like it. Um, if you like to invest in NFTs, uh, this is um, complex and uh, there is uh, openness of the digital art market. In fact, it's pretty similar to the, to the traditional art market. No? And then uh, scarcity of the digital art is depending on the rarity trends. And this is uh, being measured a very collection uh, range of special characteristics. So, 
and second, to be, to, be, to be clear, I'm talking about tokenizing shares in your fund mm -hmm. and breaking them into smaller pieces so that you you get over that hundred thousand euro minimum investment threshold. You can you'd obviously have to change your regulatory status, but you could start to appeal to that that man or woman in the street, which I mentioned at the outset, because they could invest a hundred euros. Um, in your fund. So your fund might get bigger, you might have more liquidity, and you'd certainly have more investors engaged with what you're doing. That's what I was talking about, not NFTs, just tokenizing shares in the fund. Does, well, that, mm -hmm. does that make sense for you? But it makes sense. The, the only issue that we have today is the jurisdictions that where we are today, that is in Spain also, we are moving to, to have an European passport in Luxembourg. Um, we don't have this possibility uh, as under the regulation of the uh, alternative investment funds. Right. So you need to go to a different uh, jurisdiction like Liechtenstein, Switzerland, or Cayman Islands, or Malta in case of Europe. So um, today, um, this is not a high priority uh, in, in next coming three months but it's our second priority in a midterm in six to 12 months to, to give our uh, investors liquidity. And we are expecting that uh, also regulators will allow us, or will, um, let's say, help us to, to go in this direction. In any case, always it uh, may happen that we can make an arrangement with a third party, a credited, um, company that has uh, tokens that could be uh, managed all the tokenized, tokenization of the of the fund and, uh, and offering to to retail or to accredited investors is always possible yeah. now those investors can they generate income from lending the works of art which are in the fund you mentioned exhibitions for example exhibitions do generate income I don't know whether you get paid for lending them the works, but certainly the exhibition itself will have entrance fees and so on. So is it is it and, and you talk about NFTs as well, these these can generate income from kind of ancillary activities too. So can your investors actually get an income or is was all their return come from buying it at price A and in five or seven, ten years' time selling it at price B? Is it all capital or is there some income as well from in, for investors in your fund? Well, in fact, we are not um allowed to, to provide lending secure um, type of um, services, unless that we are using a third party company that we can um, provide these or, or to get these services from. Um, in fact, our uh, main activity is to create uh, yearly gains. It's about um, developing activities um, to, to loan our artworks to museums, or to art institutions, or um, or providing um, the artworks to uh, a companies that they can be interested to show in a closet um, place. No, but we are not, let's say, providing these lending services uh, itself. No. Now you've mentioned a number of times things you're not allowed to do, uh, and I wonder if we could explore that a bit. Artscan is. Um, I understand, regulated in Spain. Um, clearly, that imposes um, some limits on the type of investors you can you can attract. I believe there's a, a 500,000 euro 
in savings, you know, free capital, people have to demonstrate, or they have to show that they're an incredibly sophisticated art expert and know what they're doing. But am I right about those constraints? And are there other constraints which your regulator imposes upon you? Well, basically, this is the, the, the uh, let's say, uh, the regulator imposes us um, these restricted um, rules because we were the first authorized art asset management firm in, in Spain. And then, um, but we are getting um, accredited and institutional companies that they are able to invest. And also, uh, let's say for, for us, we, we started to request an account funding platform um, um, process to, to democratize as much as possible the art investments. But finally, we get uh, only the regulation for um, for a mutual fund. No? Now we are in the process to to uh, moving to uh, Luxembourg, and then uh, we'll be able to to target other European uh, countries. And in case that we are interested to address other um, other uh, countries with uh, regulated uh, companies, we we need to to work with them and to approach and to target those uh, those countries indirectly. This is let's say uh, this is the the let's say the pain when you offer um, um, a regulated fund in the on, in one way, but the other way it's more safe and it's more attractive for for the for the investors to, to be safe in their own investments. No? So Luxembourg is going to enable you to do more things than you can. Now, the other thing you have to do, of course, is find works of art to invest in. And uh, I've noticed you've got this network of advisors, um, not just in Europe, you've got somebody in London, you've got somebody in Verona, somebody in Dusseldorf, but you've also got people in the Middle East, in Dubai, you've got people in North America, New York, and you've even got somebody in, in Hong Kong. Is the responsibility of that network advisors to help you find investors or to find works of art, or is it to do both of those things? What are they for? Well, in, in fact, we, we need to differentiate between investors and art collectors. So inverter, investors are a target where our authorization directly or indirectly is allowed us. No? Uh, but while art, uh, is global. So specifically for the, when you are talking about the top artists of the world and we are uh, talking about the globe, no? And then we, what we did was recruiting people in, where it makes sense, depending of the, of the scope of these top uh, 100 artists, no? New York, London, and Hong Kong are the top cities of the art trading where we are present with uh, our art advisors directly. Now, Paris is an emerging hub that is addressing also direct, addressing it directly by our advisors and, um, and their own network of partners. And uh, Paris is an emerging hub of European art after the Brexit. No? Uh, Dubai, for example, is also an emerging place to capture potential cost collectors to sell our, uh, our artwork and specifically after the booming of the art museums and in the Middle East and the wealthy area. No? And also in the, the other two cities where we are present, Dusseldorf, 
the decision was based on capturing how the German past modern art and the future of art contemporary art are closer to the most important art schools of Germany. And in Verona, in Verona is related to be present on, in Italy, where not only is reference to all masters, but also is to be closer to the Biennale in, in Venice. No? Mm. And um, I think it's very important to be the right art cities to be closer to the trading sites and also to be linked with the key uh, freeport areas of the world and where the collectors also are buying from or selling to. Uh, Zabi, I have, I have one final question for you, which is about how you, Arts Gain, get paid for the running the fund, managing the fund. I understand you, you have a kind of hedge fund style fee structure, which is a 2% annual fee with 20% of the performance gains uh, above a, a threshold, so a two and 20 uh, model. Uh, and my question is, um, that obviously aligns you with the interests of the investors themselves, as you don't perform, you don't get paid that much, but um, how competitive is your fee structure with the normal process of buying and selling and investing through the auction houses, the major branded auction houses? Well, in fact, uh, uh, let's say we created Arts Gain as uh, any other venture capital firm. So we are not competing against uh, auction houses. So let's say that we are managing as uh, any other um, venture capital firms does for our startups or companies. So we are investing in art, but at the end of the day, we are trying to make our setup in line with the, the rest of the financial market to avoid discrepancies and misunderstandings with, with that market. No? We are not competing against action houses. And in fact, um, we are not going to buy from them because always the um, auction houses are carrying a premium price, but, uh, but we are um, counting on them on their own sales capabilities because if we are interested to sell um, an artwork, uh, the premium buy, pay, price is going to be paid by the buyer, not by the seller. No? Mm -hmm. And also, uh, what we are trying to is to be focused on the venture capital, uh, like any others are doing. No? Be worried about the buying cost, uh, stay slim as much as possible to be attractive as operational cost, and to buy an attractive price to sell high as much as possible. So this is overall and our gain uh, for investors from, from our, for our customers. No? This is the main reason that we call it arts gain, no? specifically. Xavier oh. Olivella, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us about arts gain. Thank you very much.